Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint-hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder, why is it that the systems that are in place do not protect children and do not give justice to survivors? And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well and to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed and from there it grew and I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast. This is going to be episode 61.
titled My Final Thoughts, Part 8 of the Samantha Haynes Chronicles. So, I'm not going to play any more of the interview that we've done, the recordings that we've done, because the last bit of it, the last stretch of it was, majority of it was just me talking and telling her, telling Samantha personal stories and everything like that. And so, I didn't want to take away from her story. So that's why the last part isn't really going to be, it really wasn't relevant for the majority of it. So I thought about, why don't I just share my thoughts and what I feel about after hearing eight hours of a recording with Samantha and how I feel about certain things. For those of you that are just starting to find this podcast, I suggest going back to episode 54 and then working your way up to this point. Otherwise, you're just going to be lost. For the rest of you, I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all sharing the story out. I appreciate, you know, everybody that tuned into it. I, you know, I have people come to me personally, you know, through social media and saying, hey, thank you very much for sharing the story. Thank you for supporting Samantha. So for all of your, all of Samantha's friends that love her and care about her and, you know, wish her well in this world, thank you for, you know, letting me know that you've listened as well. And I know it's, I know podcasts aren't for everybody. I know that. It takes time out of your day, especially. But if you know people that have long drives and they want to learn about certain topics in the trauma world, uh, let them hear my podcast. Let them know what's going on. Anyway, my thoughts on Samantha. You know, when I first recorded with her, the main draw of this entire story, of her story, was, of course, the fact that she killed a pedophile and what it was like, right? What life was like for her. I knew Samantha before that, before I even knew about that aspect of her life, her story. I knew Samantha as a troubled teen industry survivor first. Then I found out she was an adoptee who had adoption trauma. Then I found out that she killed a pedophile. Then I found out she's a recovering addict, or that she's recovered from addiction, I should say. So that's the traumas I, I, I knew about Samantha after all this, right? But of course, that main draw... You know, killing a pedophile and, and everything like that. A lot of people, they want to know what it's like. And it's not what, when I first expected it, I thought it was going to be. You know, it really wasn't. I understood, you know, like after I heard her story, I understood where how she got to that point in life. And that this wasn't. You know, some ish, some instance where she was saving a baby from being raped or anything like that. Not when I say baby, I mean you know a, a child, an underage child of any kind. They're all babies to me, in my opinion. However, it wasn't like that. Now, do I feel like Kelly Tiller got what he deserved? Fucking yes, absolutely. Uh, not trying to glorify any acts of violence or anything per the terms of service on this platform. However, uh. Kelly Tiller did get his just desserts, flat out. Point blank, ain't nobody going to, not, not even Samantha is going to convince me otherwise, which I don't think she will either. This was a man who sat there and drugged and raped women out in the desert, allegedly. Uh, according to multiple sources that she's found out from and that she's told me. He did, uh, he was out on bond for raping a little girl, by the way. You know, just a fucking pedophile piece of shit. A pedophile rape, rapist. So, my only hope and dream is, is that he's in hell, 
burning in hell for everything that he's done on this planet. And that the devil's shoving a fucking pineapple up his ass every fucking day. And worse. But hey, I'm not glorifying any acts of violence. That's just wishful thinking, I suppose. Anyway, enough of that POS. Samantha. So, I didn't know a lot about adoption trauma when I first started my podcast. And I tried to dig into it a little bit on TikTok. I want to tell any adoptee that has adoption trauma this thing here. There are people who are conditioned into what we've known all our lives, what we think we know all our lives about adoption to those that haven't been adopted. And so we have some preconceived notions about adoption and that it's a good thing and that it's a great thing and that it helps, you know, kids who are, you know, quote unquote, unwanted and unloved to be in a loving environment. That was my original mindset on adoption. That's what I was taught about adoption. And that's what I thought I saw about adoption through other people. And listening to y'all stories, I was wrong. There is a lot more to it. And when I talk to other people about it as well, they don't realize the whole, you know, the aspect of being connected to their mother, of the pheromones, the, bio the, the biology of itself, right? There are pheromones, there's chemicals, there's the touch, the, the sound of your mother's voice. All these other little things, they come into play. And there's a connection issue that a lot of adoptees do not have with their adopted parents. And if they don't connect on some type of emotional level, you know, it becomes kind of a, I wouldn't say cold, but a, I guess that's the best word I can describe for it, a cold relationship, you know, just somebody that's there. There's no intimate love, like, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a parent to child love, you know, like that connection that you have, that bond, that, the bond, that's what it is. There's no bond there. I didn't know all this stuff. And so for any of you adoptees out there, when you when you encounter individuals that have the mindsets like I used to have, be patient with us. Because we don't know. I was ruthlessly attacked and called a piece of shit, no good motherfucker, a dickhead with a savior complex. Like all these fucking horrible little things. And I just made statements that, you know, I look back, yeah, they were ignorant. But they weren't out of a malignant intent. You know, like, oh, I think, you know, I, I made a statement, yeah, I think adoption's a good thing. I mean, it's taking a kid out of a bad situation and put him in a loving home like that. And I'm, I'm a piece of shit for saying that, you know, whenever I was trying to look into it. And I had this conversation with Samantha. And so there's a reason why adoptees get very pissed off, uh, very emotional. Um, they get frustrated because they've been saying this message for years and nobody fucking listens. But here's the thing, and I want to tell y'all this and impart this onto you adoptees. We don't know what y'all went through. And if you want people who don't know what it's like to be on your side, this is a battle of hearts and minds. You have to win the hearts and minds of people. Maybe you're not the one to be patient to plant the seed. I get that. And if you're not, that's fine too. Please have an understanding with us. And I think a lot of y'all do. Uh, just for anybody that doesn't or, or that hadn't seen it that way. Just know that there are good people that care and they want to learn. And I learned a lot. I've learned that 
it really has changed my mind about adoption. Like, I don't want to adopt children at this point in my life now. I don't want to adopt a child. Because of what I've seen through not only Samantha's experiences, you know, her telling me those experiences, but through the other adoptees I found on TikTok as well. And that, to me, it is legalized child trafficking. It's what it looks like. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It affects a lot of fucking people in very negative ways. And I do believe in the mindset that it does lead to a pipeline to the prison industrial complex, to the prison system. Because there are a lot of adoptees that are in prison. The emotional aspects of it as well. There are adoptees that are out there that were at 18 years old, they got kicked the fuck out. Now, do I think there's foster parents and adoptive parents that are like that? No. I don't think every single one are like that. But there's enough to where it has affected a lot of people. And for anybody that's an adopted parent, all I can tell you is, is to understand that no matter how, you know, how good of a life you give that child, no matter how much love you pour into that child, no matter how, you know, how safe you make that child, there's still going to be trauma. There's going to be the trauma of my mother, either my mother didn't want me or I got taken away from my mother. And I hope and I am part of, and I really, really, really impress this upon you. If your child wants to see that parent, please do so if you can. Please. Because that's a missing piece of that child. I related to Samantha a little bit. Because I, was, I wasn't adopted, but I had a stepfather. And I didn't have my father in the majority of my life, right? So I didn't have a lot of connection with my biological father's family. But as I got older, and as I reconnected with him and that part of my family, I got to see a missing piece of me finally kind of fall into place. Mannerisms. Taste. Uh, personality traits. Just little ticks and different things that made me odd with my mother's, you know, my mother and my mother's family, but made me fit in with my father's family. So for any of you adopted parents out there who probably have actually had step parents as well and probably didn't have connection with some of your real, some of your biological parents, you can, you can relate and understand how you have that missing piece in your life. Now imagine that for the child having their entire self missing and they don't fit in at all. And it's a fucked up feeling. That's what they go through as well. Now I'm not speaking for them. I'm just speaking from the experiences that I'm seeing them put forth and listening to their stories. However, it's, you know, you notice things with people. You know, the troubled teen industry. Another part of Samantha's story. I've interviewed multiple troubled teen industry survivors with and without Sabrina on this podcast. And I love that Sabrina has helped me with that a lot, though, because she knows what it's like. And she knows the questions to ask where I don't sometimes. Most times, let's just say. Not even sometimes, most times. Sabrina, you've been a wonderful help on this podcast. And she, she fucking kicks herself in the ass uh, for not being on this interview, but it is what it is, you know. People are, are busy, have schedules. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Uh, it, you know, this is 
I think the first time I interviewed somebody from a different, like from a different trouble teen industry that wasn't out here in the South and that wasn't a Christian based organization. She went to Provo Canyon, which was a level 14 lockdown facility. The same one that Paris Hilton went to as well. So if y'all haven't heard that by now, um, it's been said multiple times on multiple interviews and episodes. Yeah. Paris Hilton is a troubled teen industry survivor. Samantha is the only one I've interviewed that went to that same place that she went to. I mean, they force fed, they, they, they put a tube down her throat and everything and force fed her and everything. She refused to eat. Uh, watched her take showers. Um, you know, people who were not qualified to do, you know, to, to do all those invasive types of searches and everything like that. There was no trauma counseling, nothing. It, it's pretty much the same, almost the same standard pattern blueprint that I'm seeing. It's abuse. Every survivor I've spoken to from the troubled teen industry, abuse of some kind, whether it's emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, it goes on in these places. And it ain't stopping. It's still going on in these places. These places ain't been shut down. They still they still thriving. They're still trying to thrive. Now they're trying to take foster kids and put them into trouble teen industry. Or they have been doing it. Either way, there's benefits trafficking. There's all different types of trafficking. Hell, they have what they call goon squads. They have goons where they go and they they pretty much take a kid out of their house in the middle of the night and transport them to these places. You know, they, I guess the official title is a transporter, but, you know, it, it's a goon. That's what, that's the unofficial term is. And, I mean, that, that in itself is a traumatic experience, too. You know, somebody breaking into your house in the middle of the night, you don't know where the fuck you're going, your parents are letting somebody take you. I mean, shit. In Samantha's case, they were glad to be rid of her. Her adopted parents. You know, I know her, but... The story she told me about her mom and dad, they weren't perfect for sure. But uh, nobody deserves to be sold off for 800 bucks to basically build a family, you know, to, to solve your problems of infertility. Because that's what happened. You know, she got sold off to Dallas for, you know, for 800 bucks and taken from her mama. Now, am I can I be a you know my fortune teller and seeing what could have happened and everything like that? No, I don't know. I don't know how it would have shaken out any different or any worse or any better. But Samantha, though, she had a lot, you know, that she dealt with. She was lonely. She had people that were cut off from the outside world because of their relationship. You know, um, Ken and Dallas's relationship. They were an interracial couple in the nineties. Even though they were in California, it was still kind of a, I guess the best way to describe it, a frowned upon kind of thing. And so they didn't trust a lot of people. And so they moved around a lot as well. And you taking a kid who's been taken away from their mom and daddy, and you move them from place to place to place, they have no attachment whatsoever. They they can't they can't develop any roots, any sense of any sense of familiarity or. Anything like that. Fucks with a kid. Makes in some drugs with that as well. Some partying. Get into addiction. 
you know, step by step, hit by hit. And then, you know, you're out living in the wash. Or you're living out in the drug scene in New Mexico. And the wash, I mean, I never I never had a name for it, but I knew what she was talking about. And that's out in L.A. where the river basin system floods back out into the ocean. So when the streets overflood, all that water goes in that big, massive canal. Y'all have all seen it. If you don't know, just, I guess, Google it. But you'll know it when you see it. She lived in there with a bunch of with a bunch of other addicts and other homeless people as a young girl. Very dangerous situation. Not just from the floods and the rain and everything like that, but from the people themselves. People who wouldn't give a shit about her. If it came down to it. Some did, some didn't. Some she probably didn't know. But she endured that. She got into the L.A., into the New Mexico drug scene as well later on in life. Where she ended up meeting Gumby and his wife and a few more other people. I'm sorry, Samantha, I drew a blank on their names. You're probably like, Ugh! but please don't. I just, you know, it's... I got to see, you know, I got to hear her tell her story about all this and what she went through, how she stabbed Kelly, uh, Kelly Tiller in the chest with a kitchen knife in the heart, dead center, how he pulled the blade out, slumped on the couch and said, you fucking bitch, and died. Of course, days earlier, he shoots up anywhere from 60 to 80 cc's of meth into her neck. When she's thinking she's going to get like a little tenner or, or you know, a, a maybe 20 grams, 20 cc's or whatever. You know, get a little bump. No, he's fucking her up so he can go and take her out in the desert more than likely and rape her. And if he wasn't late for work, he might have done it. She takes his truck. Because fuck him. And she's high as fuck anyway. Then she goes. Stashes the truck. He's looking for his truck. Gets pissed off. Goes to her house. Tears all her shit up. With a fucking hammer. Puts a fucking hose in there too. And floods her house out. Fuck that dude. Here's the here's the thing I want to tell any potential pedophile or rapist out there. That's thinking about doing all that, all that shit. And want, you know, wanting to harm people. Uh, besides the scars and everything that you can put on your victims. Just know that if you keep your hands to yourself. You might not get stabbed in the fucking heart with a kitchen knife in New Mexico. So just remember that. That's a cautionary tale. Let's let any of you potential rapists and pedophiles know that people are not going to put up with that shit. And not everybody you come across is weak or defenseless. Now she was double digits weight. She was severely underweight. And she still managed to stab this motherfucker in the heart. I've seen pictures of Kelly Tiller. Um, looks like a troll to me. Just, just a fucking ugly little troll. I think he had long, stringy, scraggly hair and a beard and shit like that. Little chubby guy. 
Um, yeah, I don't. That's from the picture I remember. Yeah. Fuck him. And I still stand behind the statement, Samantha, that uh, you deserve a medal and a fucking parade. Even though I know we've talked about it. I know it's not something you glorify. I know it's not something that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, some big badass, you know, Billy Billy Jack killer, you know. I know that about you. Uh, at the same time, though, I still feel like what you did was a service to humanity. You did a service to that little girl that he raped and to all the other women that he raped. And that's what I hope you take from that. I'm pretty sure you'll call me later on. You'd be like, Jeremy. And I know. But, I, you know, I love you for it. And I don't think you deserve six years in prison for it. But the law felt differently. And then we talked about the law. We talked about the justice system. And, you know, it's a mixed bag for me with the justice system. But every day as I get more and more involved in this world that I'm in, my faith dwindles each and every single day. I want to hold on to the belief that the justice system will turn around and actually be there for survivors and victims. I really do. Maybe one day it will. But I know today ain't one of them days. And when you got laws where a woman... Stabs a pedophile that's out on bond for breaking into her home, wanting to kill her with a fucking hammer, tears up her fucking house, floods her house with a hose from his niece's house next door. You begin to wonder, like, and they, and they want to charge her with, like, first-degree murder. You begin to wonder how many other situations are like that, right? And Samantha, you know, she knew other women that were killers. They didn't just kill wantonly. They, they didn't go around going, oh, here's a little old lady down the street. Let me go stab her in the fucking back. She was, she was around women that killed their husbands, their boyfriends. People that were trying to kill them. Domestic violence situations. It, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird thing. You can't hate a woman. You know, like, I don't think anybody should hate a woman for trying to get out of a domestic violence situation. If she had to stab a motherfucker to get out of it, then that's what she has to do. People need Spouses need to realize, keep your fucking hands to yourselves. Whether you're a man or a woman, don't put your hands on your fucking spouse. If they want to leave, let them fucking leave. Flat out. But yeah, I mean, she hung out with, you know, she hung out with all types of people. Seen a lot of shit, done a lot of shit. She didn't go in there fucking quietly serving her time. She went out there and she fucking wild out. She went and did all the drugs she wanted to do. Did all the fucking she wanted to do. Tattooed. Everything. She did not give a shit. She spent that whole ass time in that prison. She gets out. She's still on drugs. 18 months later. She goes and she gets clean. Starts her recovery. And I'm proud of you for that. I'm glad you didn't stay locked up in that world. I'm glad that you didn't stay addicted. And that you actually, you know, turned your life around. Because she's got a family now. 
She's trying to help other people on TikTok. Telling people her story. And boy, is TikTok a fucking strange place. Let me talk about that with y'all for a minute. The amount of people I've seen who come at her sideways about her being a murderer, calling her a murderer, and making it sound like a bad thing. Because I know that's, a, that's for some people that don't understand, oh, you think murder's, murder's right? I'm going to tell you like this. When you take out trash in this world, like Kelly Tiller, uh, that's not a bad thing to do. Because really, what lessons was Kelly Tiller going to fucking learn in this world? He obviously wasn't learning them while he was free, while he was out on bond. He raped a little girl, and he tried to rape other women. He tried to rape Samantha. So he obviously, he didn't learn his fucking lessons, y'all. This wasn't no oopsie one time, you know, like, oh, she said yes, then she said no, and then I, you know, I, I didn't hear her, and uh, you know, whatever bullshit-ass story people want to say. You know, for rape apologies and all that shit like that. I'm not for all that. No. She, you know, she took out the trash. So, why, does they, why do people have a problem with that? Either two reasons I could think of. When I see the TikTok videos that she has. In response to these people. One, they don't know who the hell she killed. Or two, they're a pedophile sympathizer. And if they're option two, fuck them. They're option one. Do your research. You know, if you don't know who she killed, do your research first and then make your judgment. And if you still say that she's fucking wrong for what she did, fuck them. Flat out, fuck them. I, I just don't understand it, y'all. I think we've lost our way in this day and age where, you know, killing a pedophile is a bad thing. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck that, all right? I, just as long as we're all clear on the same page here for anybody that doesn't know anything about my podcast or anything like that. I am for the extinction and eradication of pedophiles on this planet. And let's, let's extend that to rapists and human traffickers as well. Extinction and eradication. Because that's heinous evil. You know, rape is a fucking horrible thing. Rape is a is a power fucking thing. It's not even a sex thing. You're taking the power and innocence of somebody away from them. Flat out. So anybody that wants to rape or, or you know, rape women or, or men or children or anything like that, you really don't want to be around me. Because I know too many fucking gator spots and I know too many ways to fucking torture somebody. And that's all I'm going to say. So she goes and you know, she educates people on TikTok as well. She goes and talks about the adoption system and how it is and what, what it's like, the system in general. Y'all, I didn't, I didn't know this until I actually talked to Samantha about it. On Facebook, they are rehoming kids as if they are fucking dogs, y'all. Did y'all know that? If y'all been listening, you would. If you're not, if you're still if you're still listening, even though I told you to go listen to the first episodes, yeah. And I tell people that shit, and they go, "No fucking way." I said, "Yeah, man." They are rehoming kids like fucking dogs on Facebook, and I didn't believe that shit. At, like I kind of believed it because Samantha was telling it to me, 
I was just blown away by it. And then I saw it for my fucking self as a targeted ad on Facebook. I shit y'all not. It is on fucking Facebook. They are paying to run ads to rehome children through adoption agencies. Kids that got adopted and got sent back like as if they're a fucking used dog. I'm telling you, no fucking lie. All right? No fuck on my grandma's grave. No fucking lie on that one. I could not. I, I was floored. So basically anybody who's a pedophile that has money, you know, can just go shopping if they haven't been caught. And I don't know what the laws are on, on pedophiles that are convicted, if they can if they can uh, foster or adopt kids or not. I don't think they can. However, it wouldn't surprise me. It just, it just won't anymore, y'all. And hopefully we can all do the right thing and make sure it doesn't happen. But it still happens to the ones who don't get caught, right? And I just... I couldn't believe all this shit. I, I started digging into the adoption system as well, a lot more. And it just blows my fucking mind. They got people out there on TikTok trying to teach people how to get tax credits and shit so they can adopt kids. And they can be financially paid to take care of kids. I, I'm, I'm of the mindset, if you can pay foster parents to take care of kids, why can't you help regular parents who have these children give them the, the services and the money that they need in order to provide for their children, especially if we're going to live in a society that wants to take away abortion, right? If you're all about protecting kids, then let's don't stop at at at, at you know at birth. Let's go all the fucking way and protect them, y'all. All right, let's go all the fucking way. Because some people ain't got no fucking bootstraps to pull themselves up by. Just to let y'all know, I've seen them, I've spoken with them, and it's not for lack of trying. It's not, not because they're lazy. There are men and women that get put in situations in this world that fuck them over royally to where they can't get out of it. So what do they do? They get stuck. And I think it's irresponsible for us as a society that if you have somebody that wants to fucking get out of the muck and mire of life, it's our responsibility to try to help them as best we can. So instead of paying people to foster children, maybe we can invest that money into drug counseling. Sorry about that. Invest money into drug counseling. Invest money into financial education. Skill trades. Food services. I mean, y'all been to the grocery store lately, right? Shit, man. Price of food's higher than fucking giraffe pussy. In all honesty, I mean, fuck, man. I don't know how some people who make it less than what I make it on are making it in this world. Probably not, and they're probably starving. So all these things come into play. And there's more, there's other things to it as well. But at the same time, like, there's got to be a different way than how we do this. You know, I, I understand that they want to abolish adoption a lot of the adoptees and their goal that they want is reunification you know, to be reunified with their parents 
I believe that to an, to an extent, as long as, because of all the other stories I've heard, as long as these parents aren't raping their kids, which incest stories are very more fucking common than, and frequent than I ever, ever, and I mean fucking ever would have thought of in my life. These sick motherfuckers raping their own kids. And that, that is a new fucking low. That fucking hurts. That makes me fucking cry. It really does, y'all. It really fucking does. As long as it ain't, you know, neglect and abuse of any kind, then maybe reunification should be the key, right? I don't know any other solution, though. And a lot of adoptees don't either. But they're trying to tell y'all what's what what the problem is now, so that we can focus on finding a solution, as well. And these people are passionate. Samantha's passionate. What you have to do when you listen to these adoptees, when you listen to somebody like Samantha, is you put your ego aside and just listen. Whether they say, you know, whether somebody says something, and this goes for anybody, really, honestly, this is really just for anybody in general that you're talking to if you want to learn a perspective. Because I've talked, I've spoke to pagans, witches, atheists, Satanists, Democrats, Republicans, white, black, it don't matter who the fuck they are. And people will say shit that might, you know, that makes you want to defend whatever something you believe in, right? Let's say, Hypothetically, if it's about gun rights or guns, and you got, I'm talking to somebody who's anti-gun, it's hard to, you know, like it's, it'd be easy for me to sit there and spout off all the shit that I know about guns and why they're important and everything, instead of just listening to the person to see why they don't like guns in the first place, right? And that's the same way I want, I want y'all to listen to these adoptees with. If you ever go into adoptee talk on TikTok, listen to them. Because it's not because they're bitter. It's not because they want to make other people miserable or anything like that. They know what the pain is like. And they don't want other people to feel the pain that they felt as a child. And so if you adopted parents out there, I hope that y'all are trauma-informed. I hope that you're allowing, that you give the option that you are allowing the option for your children to go see, these children that you're adopting, to go see their actual biological parents. So that's a missing piece of their life. You know, that's, a, that's a missing piece of their life. So look, y'all. I know this was a, not what y'all expected for an interview or expected for an episode today. But I'm going to leave y'all with one thing. And that is, I can tell any anybody in this world what they should be able to do to one another. Love people. Now, that's people, not monsters. You can't love a pedophile. You can't love a rapist. You can't love a human trafficker. But you can love people. And there's a lot of people in this world that are broken. And all I ask that you do is you love them with all your heart. If you can. Love them a little if that's all you got. Some people ain't got a love cup that, that's overflowing. 
Just love them with whatever you got in you. A smile. You know, a hello. A good morning. Hope you have a good day. Thank you. Those things matter. Those things absolutely fucking matter. And you'd be surprised when you go to somebody, let's say you go to a store and somebody's, you know, they looking like they're having a bad day or they looking like they're just having a fucking shit day or that, you know, that, 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 that blank, you know, this is my fucking life look that they got on their faces. Just walk up to them when you go and check it out and just saying, hey, how you doing? And they'll look at you for a little bit and you just smile at them and everything like that. And, you know, they can't help but smile back, most of them. And if they don't smile, you doing okay today? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Now, are you really okay? Come on. Are you really good? Are you really all right? And usually on that second time I ask somebody that, they'll tell me the truth. No, I'm not doing okay. Or they'll be like, yeah, it's just, a, you know, one of the bland days. And if they say some answer like that, you know, say, well, you know, I hope, I hope the rest of your day goes great. Really fucking help somebody. And even when they say they're not doing great, you know, you just tell them the same, you know, tell them, look. Well, I know, you know, life is full of ups and downs. I know it's shitty. There's good moments, too. And I hope you find those good moments today. I hope the rest of your day is great. And I love you. And you move on. That little bit of positivity could help push them back over into the to the light, you know, and out of that darkness they're in. Because you could be the person that saves them from putting a fucking bullet in their brain. Which I have, apparently. And I didn't know I was doing that. That's why it's important to be kind to people. I believe in being a monster. I believe in being a monster toward pedophiles, rapists, and human traffickers. I believe in that with all my fucking soul. There's no man-made laws or religious morals that's going to stop me from what I feel about what we should do with them. Flat out. But I also believe in loving people. And being kind of people. And being decent human beings in this world. And that's all I expect any of you to do. So when you go about your day, you go about your life, try to, try to touch somebody's life today. I ain't saying you got to go and, you know, preach Jesus or Odin or whatever gods you worship to anybody. You don't got to shove no religion down nobody's throat. Please don't do And please don't do that. Just be loved to somebody today. Because it might save their life. It might change their whole outlook. You might be that spark to their flame. You just don't fucking know. That's what I want to leave with y'all today. Because when I reached out to Samantha... I'm very thankful that she told me her whole life story and not just the story that she killed a pedophile because it really made me walk away with different perspectives. It really made me look hard at the industries that have been put in place for decades in this country and how they have fucking failed us. It really has. And when you go look at the history of adoption about, you know, Georgia Tan, uh, that fucking monster. Hope she's burning in hell. Yeah. Um, some sick shit. So. That's what I have to tell y'all today. Be loving to one another.
be open to listen to other people's conversations and their beliefs. So you might be able to learn something. And we all don't have to get along. We all, or we all don't have to agree on everything. But I promise you, if they believe in protecting children from monsters in this world, that's at least one thing you can build a relationship on with people. And the rest you work out. So, because I see a lot of people, there's a mixed people, there's a mixed bag of people that listen to this podcast. Some of y'all are liberal. Some of y'all are, are conservative. Some of you are anti-government. Love you. Uh, some of you don't care about politics. Some of you don't, you know, some of you are religious and some of you don't care about religion. And every other little subgroup in between all this. I get along with just about anybody. Because we all have a common goal, which is to protect children. And I think if we all share our perspectives with one another, we all can learn collectively. And we can really see the, the picture a lot more clear and a lot more bigger than what we see in our own little lens. So don't let politics get in the way. Don't let religion get in the way. Don't let your own personal beliefs of anything get in the way of you learning a new perspective today. Learn from people. You'll be amazed. I promise you, you, I, on my own self, I promise you, you'll be amazed at what you can learn from people with different perspectives and backgrounds in life if you just simply listen and talk to them. Some people might not be open to that. Some people are. And it's your job to find them, not mine. What I will say now is that uh, protect all children, even if they're not your own. It's our duty to provide children with a safe childhood where there are predators, children will also be there. Or where there are children, there will be predators, I should say. And remember that predators come in all shapes and sizes. Well, the bowmen see, and the bowmen never forget. I love you all. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. Bye.